We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another edition of Corn Nations of Bangarangs and Daggers. I am your host, Patrick Gerhart. Next to me, roughly two hours away, is Nate McHugh. And today, today we have a special guest on our podcast. We have Corn Nation's newest and most prolific Nebraska ball writer, Kevin Knight. Kevin, how are we? Greetings, greetings from Swampland. Uh, that's the only political joke I'll make of the night, I promise. <laughs> and where where that's a good one. Where, that's a good one. Uh, there's a lot of swamplands in the United States. Which one are you at? Uh I'm from the swamp, Washington, DC. Although uh originally a Michigander, but I've been here eight years this past summer, so two more years and I reach local status, as the saying goes. Ooh. So I so, only okay, missed so, it by so, about so, nine so, years then. <laughs> <laughs> so you're originally from Michigan. And you are a Spartan fan, right? I am, yeah. Uh, so I uh, explain that. Ex- explain your Spartanhood. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm from Michigan. So as a kid, I grew up with um, you know all the kids in my class be like, "Why do you root for Michigan State?" And I'm old enough that you know this is back to when MSU was kind of so-so under Saban, started having some success. Then we had Bobby Williams and John L. Smith. So you know, the answer to that is pretty simple. Uh, I have at least one person in my family uh, for each generation dating back to my great-grandpa who went to Michigan State, and nobody that isn't married into the family that went to Michigan um, that isn't a Michigan State fan anyway. So that's, that's pretty much why I'm a State fan. Well, you've had, you've had good luck being a fan, at least on the basketball front. And to a certain extent, football, but most definitely basketball. At least you got to see a national championship in your lifetime, right? Exactly. I will uh, forever have Mateen Cleve's uh, smile etched in my face as the final seconds <laughs> ticked off. And someday, Teddy DePay, you are getting a bucket load of rotting fish in your lawn for that cheap shot during that game. <laughs> there's, 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 there's no love logs on this podcast, is. man. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I hold grudges for a long time, but, uh, you know, maybe I do. <laughs> so, okay, so, so you're a Spartan. What, what brought you to Nebraska ball, man? What, what brought you to our side of the Big Ten? Uh, so that is strictly because of marriage. Um, although it is a fun coincidence that the first road game for well first bowl game really but first game outside of spartan stadium that i ever went to was the beatdown you guys handed us in 2003 in the alamo bowl uh so thanks for that um and uh about a decade later in 2013 i met my now husband uh here in dc um and we you know hit it off started dating um and i did my first road regular season game to nebraska that year and we finally got the win in football but uh yeah you know he and i met hit it off we dated got married in 2016 and uh that's that's my nebraska fandom connection there so 
Well, so, but you've been, I mean, I, I think maybe people would be interested to know, I guess, how you came to start writing for coordination because you've been around coordination for a little bit, at least, you know, um, I mean, I have an understanding, and Patrick has a better understanding. But um, well, what brought you to coordination? Yeah, um, so I um, actually found out about the SB Nation sites um, from my one of my brothers. Uh, talked about the only colors, which was Michigan State, and so I kind of went on. I think it was back in twenty sixteen, maybe twenty fifteen. And I started to kind of frequent the sites, and uh, I think it was a few years before I actually felt uh, comfortable commenting on coordination. Um, but I, I started commenting on it and kind of became more of a frequent follower there. Uh, so that way I had something to talk about at the dinner table, uh, not politics-related, <laughs> uh, with the, the spouse. Um because you've been you've been commenting for at least two or three years, I've seen you on our message boards for a while now. Yeah, I uh, my I, I want to say 2017 uh, football season. I finally started commenting in the off season. I I think pretty confident it's in that. Um, but yeah, so I I followed that for quite a while, and then this summer um, I had some downtime and reached out to you, Patrick, about doing. Uh, just kind of a one-off series with the non-conference previews and uh, kind of enjoyed doing that. And you guys talked to me about um, kind of becoming more of a permanent writer. And here I am. Thank no, goodness you, for you. You've been great. You hit the, you've, yeah, you, you, you've hit, if you haven't been reading his stuff. You should, if you're not too familiar with uh, Kevin's writing, you'll definitely get a lot upcoming soon because starting this week, we're doing our Big Ten preview that Kevin's doing. We'll have a little bit, few more basketball articles on top of that. And then right around the corner, I think it's October 26th, is the Wichita State Secret Scrimmage. And then play Doan. So, you know, you guys are going to get a lot of Kevin here in the next few months, at least in terms of writing, because he's he's done a great job. He's fully embraced the craziness of coronation and uh he's done well yeah so Nate, i didn't mean to interrupt you yeah no that's right so this uh today he published an article um the big 10 men's basketball preview part one the basement so is there more than i mean of course there's more than one part is this a, a three-part series just a two or a four yeah, so it'll be three parts. Um, I'm not doing Nebraska because kind of the main focus on this one is just giving a preview of conference opponents. Um, so it's uh, today was the basement. Wednesday uh, will be when we publish the mushy middle. Uh, so the five teams that I'm predicting will be in the middle of the conference. And uh, I haven't actually picked out a title yet, but the, the top four will be on Friday. And so these are your predictions, or is this based off of uh, the uh, con- the coaches' poll, or is it? Um, um, it's it's my prediction, but okay. I don't think I'm a completely radical uh, dissent from most of them. Um, I was a little harsh on Minnesota, maybe, but I mean they lost so much uh, this off season that um, sitting here and saying that they're going to be particularly great i'm i'm a little skeptical of but uh 
Yeah, I mean, Northwestern might actually make some noise, but everybody has them picked at the bottom. So we'll, we'll see. But I, for the most part, it's fairly mainstream choices with an occasional twist or not. I'm, I'm not going to be very nice to Juwan Howard. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Surprisingly, I, I, surprisingly so, really, you're not going to be very polite. OK. <laughs> oh, that's right. I didn't even think about Michigan. I'm just thinking about the fact I think it's a terrible hire. But uh, Nate, Nate so, and I have uh, voiced our opinion on on that hire multiple times in this podcast as a whole, just quick question as a whole, how do you think the big, the big 10 is going to be this year? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, I I've cooled off a tiny bit after uh, doing all my research on the teams. I think they're going to be really tough in the middle. I don't think they have a lot of kind of top caliber elite teams. Um, and so you're going to see a little bit of cannibalism, um, more or less from four through ten or so, uh, that might because uh, what was it, eight teams made the NCAA last year out of the conference. So I think, given how good but not great the rest of the teams are going to be, with how tough it is with a twenty-game conference, and how tough it is with how big our arenas are, and how tough it is to win on the road. Uh, if I haven't said tough enough times. Already, it, it's going to be a, a rough year for some of them. So I think um, it, it's going to be one of the top conferences in the country, but they're going to hurt their reputation a little bit in all likelihood with uh, how much they're going to ding each other up when they have to uh, slog through that 20-game schedule. So are you comfortable in saying among the 14 where you would vote Nebraska? I've obviously because Michigan State's number one, I think, almost unanimously. And uh, I personally, I think I was looking at it, I'd have him at nine, but I could see a justification for <laughs> not, probably not above nine, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you know, anywhere from nine to 14, I could see it, you know, because we, I mean, we really, we really have no clue what we're getting at all. But, I mean, is there, are you comfortable with, Maybe you have an article coming out later. I don't know, but where you think you might see Nebraska? Um, so I, I don't have one right now. Um, my best guess is if I actually had to uh, not do a politician's answer and uh, slime around the question and give something non-firm, um, I'd say they will be playing on Thursday come Indy for the conference tournament. Um so the, they'll be top 10. Um, realistically, I could see there being a remote chance that's a bit disastrous trying to put together a roster like this. Because um, I, I actually looked at it. When he took over Iowa State, um, his first season, there was only about 50% of the attrition uh, that we saw in one season for this. So, I mean, at least there's a little bit more continuity. I, I didn't look at minutes returning but in terms of just sheer roster turnover um i'm personally not familiar with any example this kind of radical of a, a switch so trying to peg something is pretty difficult um for me at least but uh i i think eighth or ninth if it goes the way that we should expect it and the guys stay hot on the basket. So if we don't have the the shooting droughts that Miles' teams were famous for, um, even with rebounding trouble, I, I think we should be able to see an eighth or ninth place finish. 
just you know, based you know, on the fact that they're going to shoot 300 times a game. Yeah, I mean, I mean just it's going to be uh, uh, Carson Purdue three point ball here of just chuck it, chuck it, chuck it. So, you know, John Johnson, uh, we were talking about it earlier this last week. He said, you know, how Nebraska is bringing back no production from the year prior. And I thought, okay. That's usually a, uh, you know, being critical of a team, it's usually when, you know, they're bringing back, you know, seven players, you know, and then when there's no production returning, then it's like, okay, I get that because, you know, they, these seven players, you know, for whatever reason weren't playing. However, in this case, you know, it's everybody except for one. It's new. So I think that his argument doesn't really work very well. Well, we're also, um, but I, he's, he's also looking at internal talent. Like all these guys are external, and they all pretty much every single one of them produced somewhere else and produced on a level that was good enough to at least come to Nebraska. You yeah. Know? So you you, you got to look at each one of these guys individually, not as not not the team as a whole. You know, and, and it's tough. That's the tough part. Is that you know it's it's easy to look at a team, look at the stats. They're all there nicely put together and say you know this is what we have returning but you know in Nebraska's case you literally have to go to each player and see where they were either last year or the year before to get even a rough idea of how these guys are going to be this year exactly and uh, um, if I can I think the other part too to take away is it's not like it's Northwestern or Maryland or something where a lot of the talent that you have is freshmen and sophomores a good chunk of the Nebraska team that Hoiberg has put together for year one is a lot of upper class ta- uh, transfers for juniors and seniors. You know, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the name, so in the off chance he hears this, I apologize. But Hanif Chatham, Chatham, I think, uh, you know, fifth year senior. So I, some of the transfers have experience and a good amount of it from their prior programs, and you see them gel with systems that they move into and they're able to bring a lot of talent from their previous years in college ball. And so it's not, it's not apples to oranges of, you know, you have all turnover to freshmen and sophomores, you know, you've got guys who have been in college ball and you've got guys who have played uh, even some of the big 10 opponents in their arenas and the non-con at some of their previous teams. So, so that, that will help a lot as well. How did he think uh, these guys, they're not the t- tallest, they're not the biggest. How do you think Nebraska's size is going to bode in the Big Ten? Um, it'll be curious. Uh, I mean, it, it'll be rough with some of the teams, like Indiana's going to play big ball. Um, yeah, they don't have much in the way of three-point shooting. Uh, Purdue, maybe less so than previous years, but is always a big team in terms of uh, post depth and whatnot. MSU generally always a team that's tough on the board, so it, it's it's going to be tough for them to compete. But there's so many styles of play that you see, uh, you know, from fast break uh, points that MSU runs to uh, the slow eye gouging boredom of Wisconsin. Um, I, I think they're going to be able to, as long as they can adapt their game plan each time um, and be able to figure out how to crash the boards even with a smaller size, they, they should be able to 
to figure out their place. Um, and doing chalk talk with Izzo is certainly not going to hurt Hoiberg for his first year in the Big Ten. No, it was smart. It was for the people playing at home. Uh, one of the first things Hoiberg did was Izzo, uh, where his son currently plays on Michigan State's team, and got basically the lay of the land of the Big Ten, which I think helped him out greatly when he was trying to shape his roster and basically looked at what Nebraska had and said, yeah, you guys don't need to come back. I'm going to get my own guys to play in this league. I think that was a big push for that. Yeah, exactly. Nate, do you have any other questions for Kevin? I got questions for all of us. All right. Are we moving on from sport? Are we moving on from sports or is it? Um, I mean, yeah, we, we, we can move on from sport briefly for a second. We've got, second. we've okay. got a couple other. Okay. So, so this is my question. Um, okay. So I am at work right now. There's no one else in the building. Okay. So get ready. This is a little weird. Um, so then I, I, mean, I had to go to the bathroom. So I go in the bathroom and I go to the bathroom. Okay. And so uh, my question is, even though you know there's no one else in the building, the chances of anyone coming into the building is like zero. And I thought, you know, I said, I, I thought, should I shut the door? Or is that, you know, or is it weird to shut the door? Or is it, you know, I don't know. I just wonder what you, where you guys fall in that. Qu- if, you, if you're in a building, or you could say at home, I guess, and the uh, there's no chance of anybody there's no one there. There's no chance of anyone showing up. Is it weird to shut the door? Anybody? I think this it goes along the lines of, you know, if a <laughs> tree falls in the woods, does it make a noise? <laughs> type of a thing, you know? Um, I guess it's, I would say it's personal preference. Do you feel weird shutting the door when you're using the facilities it. in a place that you're the only one there? I don't kind of. I know, but I, I'm like, you know, whatever. I, I had that question before we started, so uh, that's all I got. At uh, work, I would shut the door. Um, home, I would probably leave it open because <laughs> otherwise my beagle would get into mischief and my ability to hear her would be reduced. Uh, Although, being in yes. D.C., we're in a, a one-bedroom apartment, so there's not a ton of space here, but... <laughs> Uh, she, she'd also probably claw at the door if I tried to leave it closed. So, oh, there you go. And uh, I was yeah, just the only to, person. So, it, you know, just to throw the uh, podcast off the rails, I thought I'd throw that out there. So, no, Anyways. that's fine. It, it's an existential question. We like to entertain every once in a while. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Well, we'll move on. Outside of that, a um, little bit of Nebraska ball news: 2020 commit DeAndre Davis uh, decommitted from Nebraska. He's one of two players. That ha- that were in the 2020 class, um, Donovan Williams was the other one. Uh, DeAndre, he's from Indiana. He was 109th uh, ranked player in the nation, second in Indiana. Uh, a good player, a really big get for for Hoiberg, but is no longer with the team, or I mean, no longer at least committed to the team. It, it kind of puts Hoiberg and his staff in a little bit of a pickle, especially considering how close the seasons you know right around the corner the I, I guess there's two ways to look at it either he really wanted to go someplace else he didn't like what he was seeing at nebraska and it's a problem for hoiberg because now they got to go recruit or 
Nebraska wasn't liking what they saw, and it could have been one of those things where it's like, hey, you might want to look elsewhere. Um, I haven't heard a whole lot in the last day, one way or the other. What are your guys' thoughts on it? Go ahead, Kevin. No, no, Nate, you take this one first. I've, I've <laughs> talked enough. You go first, I'll go second. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking from a uh, position of ignorance, obviously. I mean, we, all of us are. Um, if you want to take the glass half full view, I think that he was told there might not be a spot um, because I because th- how is it uh, Robin Washington I think was talking about how you know the 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 spots were filled but they keep recruiting the 2020 class and so you're expecting you know attrition maybe from the current players or maybe they're thinking hey you know we are going to see if we can find someone better. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's kind of my thought. It's if, if Deandre Davis, is it Deandre or, or I don't know, whatever, but if he were to decommit DeAndre. in the middle, is it Deandre, if he were to decommit in the middle of the season, then I could say, Oh, maybe he's seeing something in the style of play or something like that. You know, cause from, I don't know what he has seen since that made him think, you know what? I don't know if I fit in their scheme. I don't know if I if I really fit in with you know the team, which makes me think that the coaches are like, hey, or maybe you know maybe he's getting interest from bigger schools like I don't know Kentucky, Duke, or probably not Kansas because that program's hanging by a thread. <laughs> cheaters and yeah, cheaters. Yeah, and so I and, you know maybe he's heard from better places. I don't know, but. The fact that there has been no basketball going on makes me think that either he chose that or he's got a better opportunity or Nebraska has a better opportunity. None of which we'll probably hear one way or the other on. But it's just it's it's kind of out of the blue. So it makes you think what's going on within the you know, not, it's not going to be anything bad for either either group because Nebraska ball, like you said, has a lot of players. They've got a lot of people that they pro- they've probably over signed. And on top of that, he is a four star recruit, one of the top ones in the nation and should be able to be picked up by somebody pretty quickly. So this parting, if he does not come back, I think would bode well for either one in the long run. So, yeah, it is unfortunate to lose Davis, and it's it's not an apples to oranges, but, I mean, since Michigan State just lost him as a decommit, I, I want to see Hoiberg go after Jalen Terry, um, who's a, a point guard, but um, I forget if he's a four or five star. I, I think he might be five, but uh, go after him. Sign him instead. Yeah, Nebraska loves point guards, as we've talked about before. Nobody taller than 6'8", though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no that that I think that's good insight and it's it's a question, you know, we'll you know, we might have the answer to here soon. But anyway, moving on from there, Nate, you've talked a lot this podcast, as with every podcast, but you're gonna talk even more. You know why? <laughs> why? Because you went you went and saw Freddie. You went and yes. saw Freddie at a coach's clinic. Why? Because you are our resident basketball coach. That's true. You want, to, you want to discuss that a little bit with us? What did you find out? What did you find out about Fred? What did you find out about, you know, just basketball in general? Are you going to be a better coach after this clinic? 
Uh, well, actually, yes, I think I will be a better coach. I think there's, I love basketball clinics. I could, I mean, I got there on, uh, you know, 8 a.m. on a Saturday and it went until noon. And it just, descri- like, de- describe this clinic first. Um, what was, it's, what was it? It was, oh, Nebraska High School recruit. Uh, it, the Omaha World Herald is the one who put it on through, uh, Mike, uh, Lincoln on his name now. I apologize to him. Uh, he's the Nebraska recruiting guy for high, the high school recruiting guy for the Mount World Herald. Uh, he even emailed me back, and I'm blanking on it, so I apologize. But uh, he put it on. There was uh, Coach Henderson from South Dakota State, uh, Coach Hansen from UNO, Nebraska of Omaha, Coach Hoiberg. And then I, I apologize. I forgot the other coach. Is, he's the uh, Creighton women's basketball coach. And they all presented. And uh, I it was I can't say as much as I was hoping because they would ask, hey, are we re- are we recording? Is anyone recording? And then they'd say no. And then they'd walk around saying, make sure you do not record this. And so obviously that probably means I shouldn't be talking too much. Um, about what that, what, you know, there are some things though that, um, from Hoiberg that I thought was interesting. Uh, the first thing that I think may, and I'm trying to think what people would find interesting beyond a uh, basketball coach. So, and I've heard this from other coaching clinics too. Uh, but Hoiberg isn't going to throw it in the post very often. That's not a surprise. Right. So he even said that. So what he essentially wants to do is he wants a post player, probably the five, to essentially get out of the way, just get away. And he wants their feet to be on the bottom baseline because then that hopefully drags that defender away from the ball, you know. And so there's, he has a, a term for that, sorry, for that spot, and they call it the, your room. So – like literally your room. That's what he said. So get to your room. You know, he, he could yell that to a player and they know what that means. That means it's essentially go under the blow the basket feet on the baseline and drag your defender away. And so that's your room. That's what they call it. And, uh, he explained the four point line a little better because I didn't quite understand. It. I, um, like the purpose, like for practice, essentially it's, they want you standing, outside that four point line, which is, you know, maybe two feet behind the three point line. And cause that's automatically going to drag defenders towards you. Cause he wants to create spacing. And what they want you to do is they want you stepping into your shot. And so if you're standing at the four point line and you get a pass, then you're going to be stepping towards the hoop. So you have momentum coming where a lot of times you have kids sitting around the three point line and you know, like their feet are right at the three-point line. So when they catch it, they can't step into it. And so that's uh, what Hoiberg's been doing. And I think he said the Spurs do it too. Uh, and then the last one uh, is they had the letters on the court. And I want to know what those meant. And it's nothing groundbreaking. It's uh, uh, I think there's C's in the corners, which means corners, you know. W would be on the, the wings. And I forgot there's a couple other letters, but essentially if he doesn't want more than one player on a corresponding letter 
because he wants there to be spacing. So you can't be next to it. He really is trying to beat into these guys to to, to spread out, isn't he? Yes. And so that's. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, and that's the main thing. And it was, I don't know how much I got out of when he started talking about uh, like a, essentially a set that they run like a double drag set. And you could just see uh, he's, he, he's a great offensive coach and he starts throwing out terms that I've never heard. And as if I should know it, you know, type of deal. And I just, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I think that when he gets his guys, we're going to be hard to stop on offense. Uh, and we'll find out on defense. So, uh, was yeah. Doc there? Doc was not there. And Doc Hoiberg wasn't there very, no. very long either. Cause I, he said he had to go across the town because his twins were playing. Well, where did, are they in high school though? Oh, that's right. Maybe they're in that some. Because wasn't the the the, the uh, rumor that they had registered for a high school in Lincoln? I can't remember, but. Uh, so yeah, he kind of, you know, went or stopped by and then left, which I don't blame him. Uh, I think they're going to Pius, aren't they? I don't know. That sounds familiar. I could be wrong. So, no, that was kind of, um, I have, I went to watch George Carl, uh, his coaching clinic and he kind of, he, he does the exact same thing with, uh, essentially putting the post player in the room or in his room. And you pretty much, it's like, Hey, you stay there until you see your defender kind of step towards the help side, maybe turn your, his back to you. And then you go move. And that's when you see guys like loop around and uh, so, and, you know, I've, you know, I, I've tried to, it's hard to get high school kids to do it for whatever reason, because they've been taught just to sit on the block, you know, sit on the block, go block the block. And they're like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing here. So, yeah, that's as far as all, well, I think I can tell, because they've already, you've already seen articles about the four point line. You've seen articles about the letters. You've seen things like that. So. Um, that's probably all I could really say. Wow! And how long were you there for? Four hours. Oh, so you got you got a pretty good amount of uh, information out of four hours. Jeez. Yeah, and I'm, I sent some clips before they told us not to record to our head coach, and and everyone was doing it. I, I was waiting to watch, um, and uh, so one of the cool things is that um, Darren Hansen and uh, Coach, uh, Coach Henderson from uh, South Dakota State both said, "Hey, here's my here's my information. If you uh, if you want any clips or anything, if you want to go to practice, let us know. So I'm probably going to take advantage of that." It's a Saturday nice. way better spent than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my Saturdays aren't. So that's oh, the oh one. yeah, you, Kevin, you had a rough Saturday. So did we. Yeah, we we yeah. all had rough Saturdays. Yep. Yeah, we uh we watched the first half kind of secondary on my iPad or the the first half of Nebraska Minnesota on my iPad while uh playing um Mario Kart with our friends that we stayed with, but uh we left at halftime and uh kind of glad we missed the second half. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, the, the the other game, I I'm I'm taking the Nate angle on this one. I, I flew, uh, for the listeners out there, I, I flew to Wisconsin, uh, sorry, Wisconsin uh, this past weekend 
And uh, I was going to bucket list Camp Randall because, um, like you do, Nate, with baseball stadiums, I'm trying to bucket list all the Big Ten stadiums for MSU football games. And, uh, you know, I, amnesia setting, I, they didn't play a game. I, I don't know. There's there's three games that MSU hasn't played this season in football now. It's it's weird. We're only four and zero. I don't get it. Oh, I see there. <laughs> like what? He, he yeah. So Kevin made fun of me earlier when I said that. Um, oh, many uh, probably about two months ago I said that uh, Tim Miles had uh, Izzo's number, and then Kevin um, corrected me and I think you said that. Uh, Tim Miles was three and seven, I think, against Izzo. And I'm like, no, right, yeah. yeah, which I'm is like, better than most. <laughs> uh, but then I said, no, I only remember he's three and zero oh, because I only I only remember the wins, and so that's why Kevin is uh, saying that they've only played four games this year. So, hey, I'm, it's, how, it's a little harsh. It was more friendly teasing than than making fun of. Oh no, that's fine. How many stadiums have you been to? Um, so I have. Um, I, my West list is actually pretty pathetic. It's just Nebraska three times and Wisconsin. Um, and then next year I'm hoping to do Iowa because I think we'll be back in Fremont, um, the Friday night before, uh, my, my husband's from Fremont. Um, so I think we'll be back there, uh, Friday night before Michigan state plays at Iowa. So I'll probably bucket list that one. Then I've done Maryland, uh, twice. No, wait, three times because it's you know just up the metro line for me. I did Rutgers once, Penn State twice, uh, Ohio State. I lucked into being there for um, 2015. Um, I'm in no hurry to do Michigan, and I've I've done Northwestern, but it doesn't count because it was Nebraska at Northwestern 2016, and I'm bucket listing Michigan State games, so we've got to go back there someday. Um, but okay. Uh, that's so fair. it's roughly I I forget how many I counted off. I I think seven. Let's go with that. That sounds right. Halfway there. Halfway there. Not not counting MSU. So well, more than halfway there then. Wow. Well, yeah, no, that's good. I think I've only been to two two Big Ten stadiums, and I've only been to one Big Ten arena. Well, yeah, I've been to Michigan I've, State. What was your other one? Mine? Yeah. Or wait. You arena, to, you mean? No, no. Uh, you say you've been to two stadiums. I've only been... Oh, uh, uh, Minnesota and Iowa. Oh, okay. And, and the one arena I went okay. to was Williams up in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. So the barn. Yeah. I wait, like, was it... Was I like... That, like hmm? Sorry, was that pre or post their uh, new paint job that's, like, eye-blindingly white? <laughs> uh, oh, post. Okay, yeah, because it was, like, two or three post. years ago they so, repainted but no, I, the floor. I like old arenas. Yeah. I didn't really think about it until you just mentioned it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a Minnesota tan in the middle of January. <laughs> That's pretty white. Or, or July. So is it clear? <laughs> it's, it's a translucent floor. What's the difference between a Minnesota tan in, in July or January? I mean, like, what's the difference? 
I don't know. I mean, they, they've got enough lakes. You you get a little bit of color in in January or uh, July and August. I mean, right? You you at least get a sunburn for the like three weeks of summer. You betcha. <laughs> that that is if the sun can get through the the, the clouds of mosquitoes. Anybody? Nobody. All right, yep. moving on to that great. joke. All right, that great. I I I I am the, okay. All right. The joke would probably be funnier jokes. if you. Never mind. Go ahead. Well, as a Michigan right, I don't have too much uh, room to stand on there with with criticism for clouds, but we do have four of the five Great Lakes, not just Lake Superior. So, you know, got that going for us. And and where in Michigan are you from? Um. Well, it's a two part answer actually. Um. I, I grew up in a town called West Branch, which is um, on the east side of the state, uh, kind of central Michigan area. But for high school, my family moved to a place called Boing, uh, B-O-Y-N-E, um, which is up in the northwest corner of the mitten. So uh, if anybody knows any Michigan trivia, the state stone is called the Petoskey Stone, technically a fossil, not a stone. Um but anyway, so uh, the Petoskey Stone is named for the city of Petoskey. I'm about 20 minutes south of Petoskey, uh, which is on Little Traverse Bay. So I'm um, I'm from where Ernest Hemingway spent his summers. I'll, I'll drop that little subtle brag. Oh, good old Ernest. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, we went through everything we could today. We do have we have yet to do a top five and we're going to keep doing top fives until the season starts. And when we're going through the topics we should do, we should honor our new Nebraska ball writer and do our top five Kevins. They could be living. They could be dead. They can be fictional. Now, Kevin, do you have a five top five list of your names? I do. Yeah. Um, Nate, do so, you? Uh, I, I do. Yes. So there's three of us. We're used to just going back and forth. Should we just each go ahead and do our top fives each instead of doing a countdown? How's that sound? I think we'll probably keep things in order better. Don't you guys? Uh, well, yeah. Nate, you know, I hear hesitation. Yeah, I like doing five to one just because it's. I think we're gonna have some overlap. I assume we're gonna have some overlap, but probably. I don't care. It's up to you two. This is perfect. This is a great podcast right here. Voting on on, on uh, what you know, what order we should go what in. What order we're gonna do? Well, here's the thing. Whatever order we're gonna do, I'm gonna do something different just to piss off Greg Mahachko, the Grand Poobah of Coronation Podcasting. And I say that because I have to. I have to mention him every single podcast. It's in the contract. So, yeah. Um, Nate, uh, go ahead. You're gonna go first. Am I doing all five or just? We're going to do a countdown. Just do a countdown. If we lose track, if we screw up, we'll just power through. Okay. My number five, Kevin Garnett. Uh, I, and I'm, a, I'm not a big fan of his. <laughs> Which shows you about the, uh, the uh, in my opinion, the choices we've had for this uh, top five Kevins. Um, <laughs> I think he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's a, you know, they say he's a, uh, not a tough guy, but you know he's very intense, you know, and but he's got to let you know that he's intense, you know, like uh, when uh, the Heat would shoot a, you know, there's a whistle, the Heat would shoot a three pointer, 
and he would jump up and block it. You know, the ball is completely dead, but he's got to do that to show, you know, I'm intense. But he's a, he's a probably a Hall of Famer. I think he might actually be a Hall of Famer. But uh, so I guess my number five is Kevin Garnett. Huge fan. Nice. Kevin Garnett. Kevin, you're up next, sir. All right. Well, if I had done this back when I first started commenting on coronation, my number five might have been Kevin Spacey. But uh, modern <laughs> times being what they are, uh, I actually had to Google a couple Kevins to try and figure this out because uh, it's not a, not a very famous name, actually. So I'm going to go with my number five is Kevin Vickerson who Ooh. I picked because he played for Michigan State from 2001 to 2004. So he was there during the 2001 Clockgate game, which I have very fond memories of. Um, it's when we beat Michigan, for any anybody who's not familiar with MSU lore. Uh, 26-24, no time left. TJ Duckett back of the end zone. So uh, Kevin Vickerson played on the offensive line was drafted in the 2005 NFL draft by the Dolphins and went on for a decade in the NFL as a lineman, uh, finishing his career in 2015 for the New York Jets. Nice. We are going to become MSU scholars by the end of the year. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that was good. That was good. And I'm not going to lie. A few years ago, I too would have easily picked Kevin Spacey. (laughs) top Kevin that did not happen tonight but I will I I, I will go I will start out with another old dude and that would be Kevin Costner Mm. I (laughs) what was that moment for (laughs) no I have no I actually have a thing with many of my friends and I think I always said he's he's a terrible overrated actor um, but I, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things where it turns into a, a thing with your friends and even though like, you actually might like the guy, but, uh, you kind of got to sound disgusted a little bit just to keep the gag going. So, all right. Yeah. All go right. Ahead. No, Kevin Costner. I love dances with wolves. Um, trying to think of what else I liked by him. Yellowstone, by the way. I really haven't good. seen that. Is that a good show? I love that show. Um, it's actually, if you want to give me a reason to like him, that's one of them. So, uh, oh, Hatfields and McCoys. Did you guys see that? I did not. It was not on the History Channel, but it was like a mini series. Yeah, mini series, and I think the History Channel about six, seven years ago. Really good. Check it out. He did a good job. Kevin, Kevin's good. <laughs> he he's he doesn't always pan out well in his choices, but uh, no, Kevin Costner, my first one. Nate, okay. what's your number four, two, or next? Uh, Kevin Love, uh, he played, he's still in the NBA, still at Cleveland, the Cavaliers. Uh, I, he was the third best player when Cleveland won the NBA championship. Uh, one of the reasons why I do like him, uh, also is because I've had people say that I, his style of play was like mine, which means that you're, uh, white, you're less athletic than other people and you can shoot and you can play around the post. So that's what that means that you're unathletic and uh, you're white. So that's why he's my number four. Nice. Kevin, your turn. It's hard not to love Kevin love. He didn't think he plays for that team by the mistake by the lake. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, when Googling Kevin's, I, um, decided I'm going to go with, 
the quintessential uh, cliche millennial gay choice here and pick a guy from or a character rather uh, from the movie Mean Girls. Um, so Kevin Nippore, um, he's a rapping math uh, decathlon geek in the movie Mean Girls. Oh, yeah, he was good. Yeah, it, it was a, a fun uh, side part to that. So, Wasn't he the guy who ended up with the goth chick? I think so. Now I'm going to lose my dec- gay card it, it's by It's been a decade I, since I've seen that film. Uh, I, occasionally on October 3rd, I go back and rewatch it. I did not do that this year, so... Um, as the saying goes, my my gay card is now revoked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin, so he was the mathlete. Yeah, or was he? Yeah, okay. the captain of the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, me and a group of three other guys went and saw Mean Girls, and we all thought it was hilarious. And it's a we good flag. Yeah, we were one of the few. I mean, it was us and then a bunch of you know. Women, essentially. I mean, there are obviously other <laughs> yeah. guys, but yeah, but it's a good movie. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe it's one of those movies that doesn't age as well, but that's okay. That doesn't mean anything. It's means it was good back then. So, yeah, was, uh, yeah, uh, his yeah. I was looking. I was trying to Google it. Yeah, Napor, but it starts with a G. So, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. My so Patrick, you're up. Yeah, my next one is one of my favorite directors, even though he's made some good movies and some absolutely terrible movies. Uh, his commentary on society uh, goes without question. His pop culture references are world-renowned. And I'm going with Kevin Smith. Uh, I, knew you're, I knew you were going to pick him. <laughs> I knew it. You, I'm a huge Clerks fan, huge Mallrats fan. Uh, I haven't seen Walrus. There's Red State. I got about halfway through. Um, yeah, I mean, Clerks. Yeah, you you have heard my rant over Clerks the animated series. Um, his his spoken words great. His books are good. Uh, I am looking forward to Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which should be coming out here, I think, in the next week or so, if it hasn't already came out. So yeah, Kevin Smith, cultural legend of the United States. All right, well, my number, unless, Kevin, you have something you want to say about Kevin Smith. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm mostly just hoping the uh, Lions don't blow it here in the closing seconds. I was going to say, I, th- I think that's a close game. Uh, so yeah. I guess yeah. You, you can keep watching, and I'll talk about Kevin Hart. <laughs> um, I, I like comedians. I think, you know, I think they're great. I think they're great for society. Uh, but, and I'm just picking him because obviously uh, we didn't have the greatest number of Kevins to pick from, but when I first started listening to podcasts, I, um, listened to his interview on the Nerdist podcast with, uh, Chris Hardwick and unlike other podcasts, they would, you know, they record the interview with the celebrity and then like the people that are there would kind of like talk about the guy or the woman, you know, afterwards and say, Oh yeah, it was a great interview or whatever, you know, that was great. And, um, essentially when Kevin Hart went on, they said, and maybe I'm sure he's been on there since, but they said that Kevin Hart stared at his phone as he walked into the, the room through the entire interview was just sitting on his phone and texting. And 
when they were done, I had, see, I said, oh, see you later. And then he just walked out looking at his phone. So uh, <laughs> I think that's great. I mean, the guy just doesn't give a crap. So, yeah, I think I'm just doing this because I got a movie coming out. And so, uh, so I'll go with Kevin Hart. <laughs> nice. Good choice. Yeah, no, he's, um, yeah, no. We'll talk more about Kevin Hart later. <laughs> Kevin, Coronation Kevin, Spartan Kevin, you're next. <laughs> All right, my number three is none other than Kevin Bacon. Um, if for no other reason than his role in A Few Good Men. Great movie, all-time classic. Not his role in Animal House? Um... Also good. I, <laughs> I mean, I've seen Animal House multiple times. I honestly always forget that he's in it. I didn't uh, realize for years that was him. It was like out of the blue, I was watching it, and I'm like, "Holy crap, Kevin Bacon's in this film!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, in a way, it's almost like it's surprising when he's not in a movie and you don't realize it, considering how many movies he's been in. Um, but definitely, Few Good Men is one of the ones where if I'm bored of looking for what's on tv and that's on which it frequently is it's like okay there we go well okay i'm gonna take myself out here pretty quick because i had kevin bacon and kevin hart on my list kevin kevin hart just because i think he's a funny comedian and uh i really haven't seen any of his movies i'm not gonna lie um, and then Kevin Bacon, he, he is a great actor and I think he's, he's kind of gone away for a little while. He doesn't do that much anymore. He's a musician. I like a good musician. Um, he's not bad at all. Nothing special, but not bad. But, um, we need more, be- we need more Kevin Bacon in this world. Don't you guys think? Um, the, I bacon totally part, agree. Maybe. the bacon <laughs> part, maybe the bacon part, maybe. All right. I have nothing, nothing against him, but like I'm looking at his IMBD right now. I'm like, what's the my favorite movie he's been in? And it probably is Mystic River. And uh, that that, that is, is a good one. And I'm like, oh, he was in uh, Robot Chicken. <laughs> hey, don't forget <laughs> and, Tremors. I know I saw Tremors too, or Tremors as well. And uh, you think he's cashing checks on the whole um, Seven Degrees? thing you think he's making any money off of that i think it's six degrees of set oh the six degrees yeah well what's what what money are you making off on that i don't know i parlor it's a parlor game i almost think that you'd be i don't know man i i just know that that's the first thing i think about when by you know kevin oh yeah by kevin bacon i would say the best movie is a few good men but i was thinking besides that so um good that's all i got on kevin bacon so am i moving on yeah yep you're up all right so um i thought i want to there's got to be a kevin that no one else is gonna pick and so you know being the uh the catholic i am i thought there's got to be a saint and i there's always a saint kevin yeah there is and it's kind of random he's actually the patron saint of dublin you know, which kind of brings up the whole Nebraska football going to Ireland in two years thing. Uh, I've never heard of him before this, but supposedly he died in 618. He was born into royalty, and after being ordained, he became a hermit and founded a monastery. So there it's uh, St. Kevin. So, How do you become a hermit and yet 
start a monastery at the same time? Because don't you need others to start a monastery? Uh, you know what? That's a great question. Um, I'm not I, Catholic. I, I didn't get know. a chance to read the book on him. So, okay. no, I. one of the interesting I, things I did read was supposedly he slept in a cave, but the cave was like the size of just essentially a bed that you kind of crawl into. And I'm like, oh, that sounds awful. Like, it's like three feet by like eight feet or something like that. And just enough room for him to sleep there. And I'm like, I think I would, you know, I don't like closed spaces. So, um, anyway, so that's, it sounds cozy. No, I know it doesn't, but so that's (laughs) my number two. He was dedicated. He was dedicated to his cause. I hope we all have the same number one because I haven't heard it yet. So anyways, that's my number two. All right, I guess I'm up. Although, if I can, as an aside, uh, based on the the name of the podcast, I know this isn't the background, but Wisconsin has officially just taken the dagger and twisted it in my back as of tonight. (laughs) Uh, We record this on Monday night, and they just won on a walk-off field goal, which they would have made anyways, I'm sure. But it it just pains me, the fact that they called a hands-to-the-face that on replay looked very questionable on hands of the face. I'm not an NFL expert on, on that one, but, uh, 2015, um, they, I, I did my bachelor party to, uh, the lions at green Bay and we won second time in my lifetime at that point. And they proceeded to come back to Detroit and win on a hail Mary on a face mask. That was not a face mask on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and so they gave an on time down after time had expired. So just another in the long legacy of how can the Lions clench uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory here. But anyway, sorry. Uh, that aside. Um, well, I, like second, I, I thought Browns fans were bad. No, no. I, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You, Green Bay. Uh, I just like Green Bay so much that they, they, they get the benefit of so many calls. And it's just because they're Green Bay, and there's Aaron Rodgers, and they they go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Are you kidding me? I actually liked Brett Favre. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. Well, I can't stand. I Brett Favre is much more likable. I don't know if you read the article on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I was, um, I think, after the end of last season, pretty much how he, you know, he will just write you off in a second. You know, he was not well liked. But uh, anyway, so go ahead. It's your number two, not mine. <laughs> uh, so my number two is the fictional character of Kevin McAllister, of course. There's my number um, one. Oh, yep. But the the original Kevin McAllister, not any other remake versions, because those are terrible. But the original Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Kevin McAllister, who gets away with just basically what is like borderline war crimes in two movies with uh, Marv and, and Harry and, and somebody uh, did an article on that in the last couple of years, like how yeah. <laughs> like Kevin is a sociopath and really needs to be the one who's locked up. It was a good article. I mean, it was, it was a different perspective than you would normally <laughs> think, but it was kind of true. <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> yeah. He was a sick little kid. Yeah, it's called self-defense. <laughs> True, self-defense. but a, a little vindictive, and <laughs> maybe we could have just called the cops. <laughs> There's truth in that. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, I, I was waiting for that one. But, but that Ke- Kevin McAllister would did not make my top five. But my last, okay, since the last two were knocked out in one round with Kevin Bacon and Kevin Hart, my final one, not necessarily my number one like normal, but my my final one is comedian Kevin James. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, yep. King of Queens, I think he's got another sitcom, King of Queens 2 or something like that. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Been in a bunch yeah. of Adam Sandler films because he's Adam Sandler's friend, and if you're a friend of Adam Sandler, you're guaranteed to least a bit part in movies so um funny guy um seems nice he seems like a nice guy to hang out with so that's why i picked him he just seems like a good guy okay very very good uh i got nothing else do we move on have, have uh, we gone have we gone through everybody's kevin no no just uh, I, unless someone else had something to say about kevin james there's nothing else to say about Kevin James. <laughs> no, he's not. You know, he's not that. Great. He's not very interesting. But then again, we're picking from a list of Kevin's. You know, work. There isn't much to pick from. At least we're you doing that instead of the list of Nates, because that'd when, be even worse. Yeah, we, we'd go into Nathan's. No, Kevin's. I looked up Kevin's earlier. There's a ton of like YouTube stars named Kevin. Maybe like, I should start a YouTube channel. Huh. There you go. Yeah, I mean, like I was looking it up. It's like all these. I was like famous Kevin's trying to pick one or two I wanted that I hadn't thought of, and all of a sudden it's like YouTube star, YouTube star. I'm like, who are these guys? So if your name's Kevin, the chances are you could probably do well on YouTube. So there you go, Kevin. There we go. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I for my number one, actually, I jokingly uh, was like, well, I there's really not a lot of choices here for famous Kevin's, so I'm just gonna pick myself for that one. <laughs> Uh, not because I'm that self-centered. I'm applauding. I'm applauding. You're one of us. (laughs) Yeah. Not because I'm that self-centered. More of just, uh, you know, you should always care for yourself. Self-care is important. Yeah, exactly. If you can't love yourself, you cannot love anyone. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, I I think that's good. I think it's awesome. (laughs) Exactly. I I try to make enough self-deprecating jokes in my writing that I I feel I can get away with uh, making the joke that I'm my own top Kevin. I don't think you. I don't think Kevin's. you can write for Coronation without being self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, and you're that not going to last very long. Down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are some people that could use some self-deprecation. They don't listen to this podcast, anyways. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah. no, you know, that's good. I think the, I think we did well for top five, Kevins. Except for I didn't give my number one. I thought you did. Oh, well, it's, I we, it was we were Kevin talking McAllister. It is Kevin McAllister, but I do want to say Home Alone 1 and 2 are my favorite Christmas movies. I watch them every year. And my oldest, my youngest, yeah, I'm oldest, sorry. He's young. It, he's got to the age where I can, you know, I'll let him watch it, even though I'm sure his mom, you know, the whole thing throwing bricks off of buildings and, you know, uh, essentially torturing, you know, you said war crimes, you know, torturing, uh, Oh crap! St- you know the, the sticky bandits or whatever. Just, anyways, by just my in, two the ma- in the first in the first movie, the, they the were wet the bandits. Sticky bandits. Yeah. The wet yeah. no, bandits. No, the, the wet bandits in the first one. The sticky bandits in there the second go. one. Yeah. Well, what are their names? Um, Marv and Harry. Marv and Harry. <laughs> yep. Marv is the idiot, and Harry is the gold tooth bald one. Yes. And so no, I, I I could watch those every year and I will, but so that's all I got to say. Yep. So there's are, are our you top. Me I'm not supposed to throw bricks at people. 
See, I, when I would watch that when I was little, I'm like, that has to kill someone, right? Thro- throwing I mean, bricks that, at people seems like something very, uh, very Big Ten-ish. Very, uh, very Wisconsin and Colorado-esque, I feel yeah, like. Yes, uh, there you go. No, call it, Colorado is, uh, uh, well, anyway, we're not going to go there. Batteries, right? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking urine-filled uh, water bottles, but yeah. Oh, yeah, there's another one. So, yeah. Anyway, those are our top five Kevins. We have done another another successful edition of, of uh, Coronations of Bangerangs and Daggers. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on. We appreciate this. We will definitely get you back on, and if anything, you might become a regular if you're lucky. Oh, boy. Mainly because Nathan and I, we get a little boring at times. So, <laughs> I, I, Hopefully that doesn't take too much of a nosedive on the regular listeners' now, part. Well, you know what? For, five, uh, heart, five Heart Podcast as well with three. So, you know, we'll make something work. We'll make something work. But yeah, no, basketball season's right around the corner. We're going to be hearing a heck of a lot more than you. We're going to be reading a heck of a lot more than you. And again, yeah, we appreciate you coming on board. So, with that, thanks for listening, what? folks. Oh, sorry. Almost basketball season. Thank God. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Bye, people.